For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, yeah. Look at that picture. Yeah, buddy. Uh-oh. Wait, what? How come I can't? Wait, can you mm. hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, there we go. I can hear you. There we go. My headphones weren't working. What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's going good, man. Oh, my God. I mean, you know, if it wasn't enough that it says Lofa Tatupu is waiting to enter your Zoom once a week, now it says Walter Jones is waiting to be admitted to your Zoom. Here, freeze for a second. Best to ever do it. I'm taking a screenshot of this. Freeze for a second. I mean, how cool is that, man? (sighs) Hall of Famer? A goat? Arguably the greatest Seahawk. Dude, we're getting a goat. History. We're getting a goat on on the Seahawks podcast. We got a goat. Right? On this episode, a goat, everybody. All right. (sighs) I'm going to let him in. Okay. Try to control yourself. I'm going to try to. Producer Katie's giving me some reminders. I'm telling you, there. this is going to be probably one of the funnest ones you ever do. Oh, wait. He's just a, he's just a big kid. Where'd it go? It went away. It went away. I'm not kidding. Uh, I'm not joking. It went away. See, you were late. Greatness doesn't wait, folks. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it's 9.01. Brett didn't hit accept on the invite, and I think wait. Walt just ghosted us. What just happened? Wow. Okay. Seriously, it went away. I don't know what happened. It's nine oh two. He's a Hall of Famer, man. <laughs> I mean, the guy's got places to be. I took a screenshot of it and then I went to press admit and it's gone. <laughs> Hold on. How do I look at? It? You need me to text him? Maybe. I mean, maybe it's just it's not it's not like I did anything. I didn't click anything. It just did. Yeah, you you that's you didn't do anything. Oh you were supposed God. to click accept. This is gonna start with me getting shit from Walter Jones now. I'm I can't wait. Be, I mean, I'm gonna be getting <laughs> shit from a Hall of Famer for being seven seconds too late on clicking a button. Oh my goodness! All right, attack and We'll see what happens. I was even nine minutes early to this whole Zoom call. But my exuberance and my need to take a screenshot took over. You can't go fanboy. I mean. <sighs> Never go full fanboy. No, yeah. Can't go full <laughs> fanboy. Gotta, gotta remain, you know, calm. Dude, I'm just telling you, like, if you would have tapped me on the shoulder in 2005 and said hey you're gonna host a podcast first of all i would have said what's a podcast (laughs) me me too (laughs) but then after you explained it i would have been like hold on so he's gonna be in it every time and he's gonna be on it at least once except now that's kind of up in the air huh yeah we don't we don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> if he doesn't come back, I'm putting this out there though, because it's hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it was 901 when it disappeared. Like like I said, greatness doesn't wait for anybody. This is hilarious. Especially not Brett Davern and Lofa Tupu. Now it's 904. Oh, he said okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Maybe he clicks that link. Oh my goodness. He was on here. It, I got a screenshot to prove it, but then it went away. And it might have just went from Big Walt to Mr. Jones for you. I was, I I, bro, it was always going to be Mr. Jones. Hey, how about this? Speaking of best to ever do it. Yeah. No more, no more ice jumbling. I put a straw <laughs> in my fucking water bottle just for you. Whoever called in, it's probably my mom. Ah, Walter Jones is entering the room. Hold on. Let me click. Just, admit, just press click. All right. Yes, there it is. There Look we go. That. Look at that Even logo. has his logo. I'm Best rocking the sweatshirt. Best to ever do it. Lofa's oh. got some gear. Just connecting the audio. There he is. Big Walt, what's up, man? Oh, he's on mute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Lofa, can you hear Walt? I can, I can hear him a little bit. Uh-oh. It's pretty muffled. Is it? Yeah. He can have all the time in the world. I mean, you did make him wait three minutes. <laughs> now there's nothing. <laughs> this is the best part of every Zoom. Ooh. Oh, it sounded a little better. So there, there it is. There he is. No, you're there in there. Is. You're good. We got you. You can't hear us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Now we got the reverse problem. I wonder if he Ooh, I heard somebody. You got, you got us now? Hello? Yeah, I got you now. Y'all hear me now? Yeah, yeah. we got you. You got us. Right. Here uh. we go. Success. <laughs> Lofa Tatupu is up in the mix. Go Hawks. I'm just about that action, boss. He takes the snap. He's going to throw down the middle. What a catch. It's intercepted by Lofa Tatupu. Holy catfish. Hey, that's great football now. It's going to work now. Let's keep playing. Who's got my back? I got your back. That's Lofa. Oh. Trouble playing. Thunder. All one. Ready. Three. Russell looking. Go Hawks. Russell scrambling. Go Hawks. Pump faking. Go Hawks. Still looking. Now he spins out. We got a fly, baby. 40, down the far sideline. He's still moving. He's going to go. Yes. Oh. 20, 10. They do it again. Touchdown. 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 Seahawks. It's the Seahawks podcast on the Believe Sports Network. I am Seahawks super fan Brett Davern, and I'm currently freaking out. Uh, joining me, as always, my co-host extraordinaire, uh, former Seahawks middle linebacker, Seahawks legend, Lofa Tatupu, but also joining us on the Zoom and being our guest for this episode, and we can't believe we have him, or I can't believe we have him. I'm so excited. Big number 71, the best to ever do it. A, a goat, the goat, Walter Jones, Big Walt, joining us as our guest on this episode. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, no problem. Anytime, man. Anytime for my boy Lofa, man. I'm down for him, man. He looks out for me. So anytime he asks me, I, I got to come on. So thank you guys for having me. 
I can't. I was telling Lofa before you jumped on, Walt. I I can't even. If I if I was to go back to my former self, who was watching you both in the Super Bowl, what was that, two thousand five? If I was to tell myself that I would be on a podcast with with my favorite player from the defensive side of the ball, my favorite player from the offensive side of the ball, I would have never believed you. Let's uh, jump into our Seahawks here. Um, first thing, I want to get Walt's opinion here on the signing of Gabe Jackson. I mean, we touched on it a little bit, Lofa, on the show, obviously, but now we have the man uh, in regards to the O-line here. So what do you think of that signing, Walt? I think it was uh, something that they needed on the offensive line. I thought that uh, the left guard, probably we need another body there. So I think, you know, uh, if Pete is all about trying to run the ball, I think you're going to have some big boys that can, that can pass protect and run block too. So I think that's what Pete is all about. So if you want to try to get that back, you got to put some big boys on them. When they was at they, at their potential, they had some big boys in there you know, running, running behind. So I think if you want to put, if that's what you want to do, you better put some big bodies in there. Yeah. And what about his game? You like uh, Gabe Jackson's game specifically? I, I, you know, anytime you can see a, a lineman that can put his hands in the ground and come off the ball, I think that's what you want to see in a lineman. A lot of times you see these linemen now that come out of college or in two point stands, but anytime you can get a big boy to get in a, in a, a, a three point stand and come off the ball, you got to you got to like that, you know. Coming from Oakland, you know, had had pretty good season there in Oakland, but to come here in Seattle, I think it's going to be a great fit for him. I think he's going to be one of those plug and play guys that can come in here and, and play now. So hopefully, he can come in here and contribute and, and definitely help this team. Nice. Well, I mean, in addition to being able to run the ball, we got to be able to protect Russ, right? I mean, that's obviously a priority for Russ and a priority for the fans because <laughs> we want to keep him around and uh, obviously for the team to have success. So it uh, should be a good piece in place for that also, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think anytime you trust Russ, I think Russ is, is in his prime of his career right now. So I think you want him to, to be successful. You know, you see all these quarterbacks around that are uh, putting up big numbers. So you want to see your quarterback do the same thing. I think it's his, his time. I think Russell understand that too. You know, these quarterbacks, you know, they have their own little – their own little connection, you know what I'm saying? So they understand what's going on and they take a full advantage of it. Russ, or uh, sorry, yeah. not Speaking Russ. Speaking of Russ, yeah, see, you, no. you just Lofa. Keep, keep talking about Russ. I was going to say, Lofa, uh, what, what do you think? Russ had to be excited about well, the signing no, of I want, Gabe Jackson. Well, I wanted to ask Walt, you know, talking about Russ, since, you know, because now we have an offensive player over here in the great Walter Jones, too. <laughs> did you did you make anything out of what Russ said? Because I didn't personally. Brett did. Oh, you, you want to go to the drama? Yeah, You're I want to go back. Okay. To, you always want to talk about it. But, we, you know, now we got something. You got the GOAT. You got to ask him. All right. Did you think anything was wrong with what Russ said early on? Uh, I didn't see it. But then what did kind of alarm me was when, you know, I don't want to get traded, but here's four teams that I wouldn't mind going to. Like, like, do you, do, you, do you make anything out of that, or are we past that? You know what? I, the only thing I didn't like was the fact that he, he kind of brought up the offensive line. You know, I think that's something that you keep in-house. No matter how bad you thought the offensive line played, you still don't put that out there because now you're affecting somebody that's looking for a job or somebody that's, you know, got to take care of their family. So that's the only reason. That's the only yeah. part I had about it. The rest is part of the business, I think. If you're not trying to promote yourself, you're not playing this game the right way. So I think hmm. that's just part of the game. I think it, once it kind of got out there, and I think, you know, with his people, they know what they're doing. So you know how to to put stuff out there to kind of make people start thinking. I never thought that he was thinking about leaving. I think he's in a, a great situation, you know. I think 
this team, um, this organization understands Russell. So now do you want to go somewhere else where somebody got to learn you and yep. what type of player you are? So mm-hmm. I think for Russell, I think this is the best spot here as long as Pete is here. I think Pete understands, you know. So I think this is the best spot for Russell than any other team out there. What would what would have happened if Matt would have said something like that back in the day? He probably would have got slapped. <laughs> he definitely would have got slapped. <laughs> you, know, hey, you, you know what? Quarterbacks, you know, we understand this game. I think uh, for us as players, I think if you understand your role on this game, on this team, or understand your role on this in this league, you know, I think uh, the, the quarterbacks are the guys that speak for the team and stuff. So anytime you get a quarterback out there speaking, you know, that's going to be headline news. So I think it was – I think it's great for Seattle anyway. It put their attention on Seattle. Anytime you can get attention here in Seattle, uh, uh, good or bad, you want it. Mm-hmm. Well, we we kind of got to get – when we were playing, well, back in our day, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the O-line and the D-line, in that 05, 06, 07, they were, you know, the heartbeat of our team. And, you know, I think when the Hawks won it, it was the same. You saw how deep they were on the defensive line. Like you said, they had some studs up front on the offensive line, Unger, Okung, all those guys. And um, I think if we want to get back to running the ball, that's where that's where the investment's got to be made. What do you do? You agree? Uh, totally. I think uh, I tell people all the time. I think uh, that what, what what we was able to do uh, with that 05 team before 05 until we got to 05, the things that we was able to do. I think we set the standard for offensive line play. Now you have people now can watch the game and understand what's a good offensive line play and what's a bad offensive line play. So mm-hmm. I think it's just part of the nature now that if that's what y'all want to get back to, you got to put the guys there to do that. If that's what y'all want to do, you better get some big bodies in there. You better get some young guys in there because you're not going to be able to pay some veteran a lot of money. You're going to have to get some some feisty guys in there. And that's kind of how I think yeah. Pete coaches anyway by getting guys with chips on their shoulder where they're thinking they should have been here, but they ended up there. So I think Pete played on that so well. So I think Pete just got to get back to that part of the game where he's focusing on how to get the best out of guys. And a lot of times that comes with, you know, you have too many titles sometimes. So I don't want to put nothing out there. But, you know, a lot of times you see that when coaches have so many titles that their attention goes away from what they're pretty good at sometimes. Yeah, from what they hang their hat on. And speaking exactly. of how, speaking of the offensive line play in 05, uh, mm-hmm. as a rookie, uh, me and Leroy Hill came in and, uh, you know, I, I don't think we had a, a fucking tackle for the first, like, two weeks of camp. And <laughs> and I asked our Mo Kelly, our, you know, uh, our guy over there in charge of uh, player development, I'm like, yo, is this the greatest O-line that's ever been assembled? He's like, yeah, quite possibly. And uh, – <laughs> So, you know, with Walt, Hutch, Tobek, who was a beast, yeah. Chris Gray never got the credit he deserved, and then Locklear was just a year older than me. It was um, it was hell in camp, but it made for easy Sundays, thank God. Yeah, you didn't um, have many tackles, but they had a lot of pancakes. They're right, man. It was it was gruesome out there. It, it had me actually question, like, yo, did I make the right decision? Am I ready for the <laughs> this NFL? NFL thing is kind of hard. Little do you know, you are, I mean, you know, you're going up against one of the best offensive lines of all time. Yeah, I mean, because I knew we were, I knew just like you said, you guys put the standard, you know, when they got you, Hutch, you know, they were just the building blocks, the cornerstones of that offensive line and why we were able to be in the top five of offense for so long. How much further or how far do you think the team could have gone even after that Super Bowl if that had been able to stay intact, though, guys? Because, I mean, you know, 
That, well, that was the big bummer. I think there's one piece that, that we both <laughs> agree that that should have been, been kept around. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's hall of fame guard Hutch. Yeah. So, oh, definitely. I think, I think it was one of those situations where, you know, I think, you know, we all, you know, we all looking for that big contract looking for that big payout too. So I totally understand that from that standpoint, mm-hmm. but I think if we would have kept Hutch, I think we would have got back there. We even, you know, even what we had, we got to the back to the division game anyway. It came what one yard mm-hmm. from winning that game. So yeah. you know, we just we, we understand that's how it goes. But it was tough. You know, I think we was always trying to replace Hutch, and we was we put so much pressure on the guy that we had in there. So I thought it, it made it hard for that kid to figure things out when they were trying to compare him to Hutch or what we was doing the year before. So it was tough on that young rookie well, to come in there. But he still, you know, we still got it done. But you know, uh, we just didn't, you know, we just didn't finish the way we wanted to. Well, not just from an X's and O's standpoint, but though, did you lose something chemistry wise also? I don't know if it was chemistry wise. I think it was just the fact that we lost that, you know, like sometimes you say on a bike, you lost that link, you know, that where you had a guy, you know, I tell people all the time that the guys in the inside are the ones that are the quarterbacks on the team that, that gets the quarterback in the right position, what's going on. So if you've got those guys handling all that stuff that's going on the inside, for me personally and for the Tigers, our job is pretty easy. We, we don't have to worry about one guy. Those guys have to worry about the DNs, have to worry about the linebacker, have to worry about the safety. So those guys have to know what's going on all the time. So it made it made us, made my game easier. But still, again, you know, you have to take your hat off on, on the guys that I had a chance to play with. It taught me how to be a student of the game mm-hmm. uh, with Toback and Chris Gray. You know, they those guys was avid students of the game. So it taught me how to watch film, you know, how to prepare myself to get ready for Sundays. Well, yeah, and let me well, let me just yeah, piggyback ahead, back off that yeah. because, like, if you have an inexperienced O-line, they were out there talking to each other. You There was fucking <laughs> silence. Like, you, you didn't know. Run, pass, they're all – no one's tipping their hand. Like wow. Walt said, some guys are just always in a two-point stance. So, yeah. you know, being lazy. It was a well-oiled machine. And with, when we lost Hutch, I don't – you know, the young guys that had to try to replace him, they, they they have to talk. And so, like, when you see, like, two – like, the guard in the center, like, okay, these two are working together. Let's, so <laughs> I know who's coming up to me. Oh, and that's, that's just the subtle yeah. – yeah, those are the subtle hmm. little things that give away a play or what they want to do. And before that, it was just – no one talked yeah. and they're all looking straight ahead <laughs> with the deaths there. Like here it comes and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I think for Seahawk fans, I mean, obviously we saw the results on the field of, of that team and those lines and stuff. And, and we love that, but also just, you guys were just a lot of fun, just the personalities on the team. I mean, that O line Walt. I mean, is, is, is Tobek crazy? Is he funny? Is he what Tobek's quite a character, isn't he? <laughs> Oh, Toback is pretty funny. I think Toback was kind of like the the jokester of the team that made it fun for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And and and, and I think that's what you need on the offense alone. You need the guys that keep everybody together. I think Toback was the guy that kept everybody together and kind of got you into stuff on the football field too. Because you know most of the time with centers, they got some like you say they always got somebody coming, sliding their way, helping them out. So they never never really on an island unless somebody play a jam where they put a guy right on top right of them, both them. guards and stuff. Now you got to work. But from that standpoint, you know, great guy, you know, kind of understood what we needed to do to be a, a great offensive lineman. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I can tell you like the 05 season when we lost to uh, Washington uh, in overtime and then the next game, we uh, as an offensive unit, we got together and said, hey, we got to figure out what we're doing on the field. A lot of times people thinking like, okay, the coaches are giving us plays. But we have to know what we're doing when we're on the field. 
So we made it a, a pack that we got together as a quarterback, a running back. We wanted to know what we was doing on the field, and we made a check. So by by the week, by the second game, a third game after that Washington game, we was clicking like this. So it, it was so easy. Matt could make a check, and we knew why he was checking. I could see the safety coming down. I'm like, okay, he's going to check to this. So like he mm-hmm. said, it was so much fun. It was so easy to go out there and play when you know what you're doing and and it come natural, and it was like it was like he said, it was a well all machine where we could go out. We felt confident every time we got on the football field. Yeah, it just seemed like you guys were all so close and such a family. And I mean, not that they're not now, but just those teams. I mean, it's just that's why it was so fun as a fan, and I think why I mean that you know the twelves became what the twelves are now, and all of that stuff. Like, I mean, you guys are obviously responsible for that uh did Holmgren have a big part to play in that is that kind of the environment he creates or do you think he had anything to do with you guys all being so close as players and stuff in the locker room um for me personally I thought that the thing about you know um when Holmgren came in for me you got to realize we wasn't a good team so for me personally oh I remember I was I remember I was all <laughs> I was all in at, at uh, you know whatever he said you know and I think the first thing that Holmgren said when he came in at first meeting was like hey if you listen to me we'll get you to a Super Bowl so you know wow. we was all in so now when we got it all clicking and then you know you brought the young guns in like Lofa and Hill these guys was running around making plays like you know I don't I don't know if that was part of you know that's what they had set up. But these guys came in as, 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 as rookies and, and definitely was playing like vets from day one. So you have to take your hat off to those guys to definitely help us get to that next level where we could do what we want to do and the defense could, could, could help us out in the back end there. So I thought that those guys came in and played some great football. Those first, what, couple of years they came in, those guys was running around like, shoo, shoo. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and it came fun in practice too. I can, I don't know if Lofa can remember many times in practice. You know, you, you made practice fun. You know, we was we was doing a drill to kind of talk back, like, "Hey, Lofa, we coming at you" or something like that. So it made the game fun. You know, I think Hunger yeah. did a great job of that. You know, it wasn't all about you know a lot of time with Pete is all about competitive, but Hunger was more about you know taking care of the, the older guys and, yeah. and let these guys figure it out. So, mm. but it, it was a fun time for me. Those it, those ten years was great for me. So, I mean, Holmgren, I'll say with. Holmgren wanted, as much as he was a prominent figure, you know, he's the big show, right? (laughs) He wanted the players to take it over. And that's what he used to always say. He's like, yo, this is your team, you know? And and that's where the accountability and, you know, the togetherness, that's how we really became. Because, you know, like, like Walt said, we would have, Robbie would call someone out like, hey, man, you know, it was a dog shit rep, like, you know, you know, it's just so those are the kind of things that keep each other accountable. And I mean, and, you know, Robbie, like I said, that O and D line, we had some great leaders all throughout, you know. And then on defense, I had, you know, Grant, Bryce, Rocky, Chuck Darby. Um, I mean, it was – there was a group of leaders at every position. And so I think – and, I mean, that – it led to us being closer off the field, like hanging out. Mm-hmm. Like we we would always – we would always go out, hang out together. And I don't know if a lot of, a lot of teams do that, but I know championship teams do. Do you think you guys had more fun than players are having now? Uh, maybe social media, maybe they're a little bit more guarded and things like that. You guys didn't really have to deal with that. Do you think you guys had more fun off the field together? I don't know. I, I mean, I know I always have fun. <laughs> I think a lot of times, I tell people all the time, I think the thing when things change, even though the Seahawks was able to make it happen and win a Super Bowl, I thought once we left Cheney, 
I thought that's kind of how things kind of like, because the thing about Cheney was, even though you probably don't want to go over there, you know, a lot of people clown me like, well, you missed. I, I, I was going to say, were you ever there? I was in the league for 13 years. <laughs> Did you ever I, I go to Cheney? Like, I, 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 think, I think guys should put it in their contract where after five years, they should be able to miss a year here, you know, miss training camp <laughs> earlier. So I think it, it put a couple of more years on my career. So I tell you, I think training camp was, very overrated. But I, the thing we, about training camp was that <laughs> we the know. Thing about tra- the, I know the thing about training camp though that was fun though when we had the off days when you got a chance to hang out. You didn't have too much, you know, out there in China. You'd have but a couple of places to go to the movies, mm-hmm. out to eat, or go to the the local bar there. So I thought from that standpoint that year, especially that 05 year, I thought that we definitely came together as a team because we didn't have nothing else to do when we was in training camp. What's mm-hmm. the, you go to bed, we have a day mm-hmm. off, or you gonna go have drinks with the fellas, or you gonna go to a movie, or something like that. And I thought that brought the guys together, especially with the defensive guys, because a lot of times, offensive guys will be over here, and defensive guys be over here. But for some reason, that 05 season, I thought as a whole team, when we got together, I thought everybody could have fun with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know, we sitting over here, that yeah. when we all got together, we all, you know, we, you know, part of the whole thing is about joking on guys, so you didn't you, you you'll call out anybody no matter what position they played. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think fans could tell how much fun you guys were having, and that's what endears us to that team so much. Um, uh, uh, how much on the practice field does the left tackle meet up with the middle linebacker? Like, were you guys meeting up a lot of times out there, or it, d- it doesn't really happen all that often? I was Not trying at to all. avoid him at all okay. costs, but yeah, I mean, maybe I, I on imagine. a toss. Yeah. When you know, when when Walt pancakes one guy, then he has time to go look for more <laughs> work. And else. I think yeah. it's happened once or twice. Yeah. But I mean, and I remember the first time he he got. I'm not going to say who he got. He pancaked one guy. It was a toss, you know. And I'm I'm lining up Sean. I was like, yes. I was like, and I was like, holy shit. Why is this left tackle? Because I didn't even know. We'll get to names in a second too. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't even know, you know, I know who Walt Jones was, but I was like, who the, shit, who the hell is this? And so I tried to, I tried to juke and go over the top and he did a hesitation step and just like launched me with one, like a, like a shot put. Wow. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, but so that was like my first encounter with Walt was like, okay, I thought I could juke this guy because you know, he's way bigger mm-hmm. and should be quicker. But Walt did actually run a faster 40 time than me at 300 pounds. <laughs> Walt ran four, six. I ran a four, eight. Yeah. Um, but well, then, um, taking a yeah, couple was, round, that's why he's taking a couple rounds earlier. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we don't hold any punches back here. Walt. I see. I see. <laughs> but, um, but speaking of, of names, um, so we're going through my uh, my rookie season. It's, it's a great season, like I said, the 05 season. And then um, one day, I think, because this happened twice, two different times that I remember. One time when we were out drinking, and then one time in the locker room, it just, my name became Chalupa. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just talked about this with uh, Zach Brooke, my yes, boy. Yes, yes. So, um, well, one time we were at the bar. You know, we, I forget, we just won a playoff game. It might have been our first one. And we, we were all, the whole team, like we were celebrating. We were like, yeah. all right, you know, it's on to the next one. And uh, so I'm just sitting there, you know, a seat away from Walden. He's like, hey, yo, Chalupa. And <laughs> I thought he said to Tuba, but I was like, I was like, yes, Walter. And uh, he said, you know, you really all right, though. 
And I was like, I'm just glad you kind of know my name. Well, <laughs> uh, and thank you, you know, because this, I mean, and we all know, even in my first year, we knew what was going to be a hall of famer. Um, you know, we knew that. And it, there was, um, so it was cool, not just to say that you played with a hall of famer, but that is one of your boys. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, um, it was, it's kind of unbelievable, man. Yeah. And uh, I always wanted to thank you for being just, just being a real one, Walt. I mean, because oh, there man. was, there was nobody that he wouldn't talk to or hang out with, you know? And I mean, when you're of that stature, I don't know. We see a lot of other guys go a different direction. Just like, you know, I'm too good for this. So I, I never, I never, I never looked at a game like that. I thought it was all about being together, being a team. So it was fun for me, you know, and, and I, I, I did that just because of, you know, young guy, you know, a lot of times with young guys, you have to always mess with them. So I just gave you a little jab there, but you know, I knew, I knew you was, Balling, so that was kind of like, hey, Chalupa, and I was like, you know, I don't think I did it only one or twice, and that was it. I never, I think, but, I think the guy, the guy was saying, hey, that's what you call him all the time. I'm like, no, that's just that's not. I, I think, did. But, but then some of the other old linemen just started doing it, and I was yeah, like, yeah. you know what, hey, I'm, they're at least talking to me now because like, right? when you're a rookie, when you're a rookie, you're, you know, you're supposed to be seen, not heard. Exactly, it's kind of tough as a middle linebacker. I'll tell, hopefully we can get him on the show one time. But the first time I stepped in the huddle, um, you know, it was a goal line. It was a live drill, you know, with homebrew, we have live. Yep. Drill. So um, I was like, all right, fellas, you know, you know, fucking stand up. Let's go. You know, and Grant Wistrom leans down. He's just give me the fucking play, you rookie. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, goal line, 53 zone, ready break. <laughs> but then I made the tackle and he was like, all right, you can talk now. Like, you got, you got to earn your respect. And I get that. Uh -huh. But um, it was that was one of my funniest uh, welcome to the NFL moments with uh, with a teammate. Was, well, uh, well GW. we we got uh, your first impressions, Lofa, of being on the field with Walt. Walt, do you remember the first time you saw the Seahawks? Uh, you know, third round pick at middle linebacker Lofa Tatupu. Um, uh, all the time I saw Lofa when he was playing, so. You know, I know the draft. You know, a lot of times, I think a lot of times people thinking that the, the players that's on the team, we're looking at. I've watched the draft, but I honestly didn't. You know, I, I thought it was over with. You look and see who they picked up. They're like, mm -hmm. okay, cool. Let's see what, you know. And, and for him to be, you know, coming from USC, I figured, you know, he had to play. Linebackers are there. So, I, you know, you just, like he said, you have to earn your keep. I think you earn your keep, you know, by coming in as a rookie star and then proving yourself on the football field. So I thought that he did a great job of that, you know, especially – with a team that was was on the on the verge of being great to come in as a rookie to do what the thing that him and Leroy was able to do was pretty cool. But pretty amazing though for them as rookies to be a part of something like that. And you know, you feel bad because you wasn't able to to finish the deal. You know, I think that's the hard part that I think a lot of us deal with every day. You know, like even when the, you're happy for the Seahawks that they won it, but you think back to when you played and like, man, we had the opportunity to finish the deal. We didn't. And those guys was able. So it's kind of like a bitter, you you support it, you're happy. That's your team. But still, again, you have to say, man, we was here one time already and we didn't finish the deal. So that's a, that's a, that's something that you have to take with you every day, but you know, it's part of the game and yeah. you know, you can't take it back. Well, you know, you guys had to play against the Steelers and the guys in the striped shirts too. So. Yeah. Mike Holmgren saying. Yeah, we had to, you know, I, I, you know what? I tell people all the time, even though the, the refs did make some bad calls, uh, I think the thing about us, we didn't play 
our football. I don't, I'm not talking about the defense. I'm just talking about us offensively, the way that we was, the way we played going into that game. I felt, I felt like I know a lot, a lot of players probably thought like there's no way that Pittsburgh is going to be able to slow us down. And they was able to do that too. You had to take your hat off the, the things they were doing, but still again, the game probably would have been closer if, if those calls wouldn't have been made and we still would probably had an opportunity to win the game there at the end. Yeah. Are you waiting for my response, Brett? No, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes I just leave a little air just in case there's no. something to say. But also the Zoom, we always deal with that cutting off thing, so I just don't want to step on anyone's toes here. Um, uh, when are they going to give K.J. Wright a contract and settle this whole thing and bring him back? Oh, man. You know what? I think, in, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, part of this game is part of that one guy that you don't want to leave might not be able to bring back, so mm. – and I think the thing about that, though, I think is you have to you have to figure out what uh, KJ want to be, what he want to do too, though. So I think a lot of times when you're at your, you know, what you're going, what KJ's going on 10, 11 years in the league, not a linebacker, 11 years at linebacker. So now, no matter what he's thinking, I know that team's probably thinking we need somebody young, mm. somebody else to come in. And, you know, you know. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. You know, I think his leadership. I think you need to bring him back, but you know, if he still want to be somebody that's going to. Uh, be a, a, a force, you know, he might have to go and try to find a job somewhere else, but I think it'd be cool if they bring him back anyway. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and I've been on record. I, we need KJ back just from the leadership standpoint, but I'm surprised there's not a bigger market for my man because the last two years he's put up career highs in tackles, interceptions. And then also this year, like the only player um, in, you know, this year, only one had 10 tackles for a loss, 10 pass wow. deflections. You know, yeah. And so and that was KJ Wright. Um, so it's, you know, I, I hope to see some. It's obviously probably not going to happen until after the draft now yeah. because everybody's just heads down going through their evaluations. That's what this time's used for. So, mm -hmm. but I'm I'm hoping any day that you know I just get a Google alert. Do do do. <laughs> KJ Wright back. I, I think he's kind of. No, it's no rush though. No rush though. Right now, I think all you can do now is get in shape, stay ready, and see what happens. You know, and I don't yeah. know what his his demands are, but. You know, just chill and, and see what happens. Well, you know he'll be ready. And but I'm just saying, then the the market value for a guy like KJ is eight to ten. You know, in yeah. that neighborhood, maybe even a little more a year. And that just mm -hmm. that is the going rate for linebackers these days. Yeah. So I know that's wild, Walt, because you know the left tackle should always be the highest paid. And and back then, it well, you know, it was like uh, numbers, no. right, but. I don't know. But it's um, you know, I I think he's well deserved of another contract. And at least at least a year or two, um, and then you know maybe with an option, you know. So hopefully they get creative. John's the best at doing this. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. Well, I think I think Seahawks fans also think though that again, like we were talking about earlier with you guys and your teams, more than the X's and O's, KJ probably just brings a lot behind the scenes. It's like unquantifiable in the box score, you know. And I I would worry uh, about that sort of chemistry. I mean, the relationship he has with Bobby Wagner. Obviously, well documented. Those guys work so well together. So I think he's important to bring back for a lot of reasons. So I hope they can get it done. Yep. Um, well, let's talk about what's going on with you now. Uh, what are you up to? You know, best to ever do it. Lofa's rocking the gear there. We got that going on. You're on the radio all the time. I hear you on KJR and stuff. So what's up with you day to day now? Hey, you know what? Enjoying my family. My kids are working. So getting a chance to see them being you know, enjoying the work, being in the workforce. Uh, what, two days ago, I helped my, you know, I, um, I I helped my daughter do her taxes for the first time. You know me, you know, I have to pay somebody to do my taxes. 
So for me to be able to sit down and to go through that, that's pretty amazing. That's you know, cool. I don't know if that's, that's probably, you know, you, you have things that you look at, but you know, I was able to in a couple of years to, to vote with my kids. So these are uh, great milestones where now I, my daughter ha- ha- had a chance to file her first tax return. So cool. I can't tell you guys how much you're getting back, but you know, I think <laughs> I should get it all back, but that's just me. Like, can I get that? Can I get that? <laughs> but, yeah. no, but you know what, working on my brand, man, I think this is something that I really, I really been, you know, working on. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I had someone doing it for me for a while and now I'm, I'm, I'm solely doing all the work. I work out of my garage. So that gives me a purpose every day when I get up in the morning. I, I love to do it. I, I do all the shipping. I do all the packing and my wow. kids, I don't even ask them to help me. I want them to see me get up and work and doing something every day, not just. What's the hardest part about growing the brand? Right. Uh, what, what have you felt like has been the, the toughest part? I think the hardest part is just trying to find stuff that you think and that you will like and that people will like and then making sure that that's something that they want. I think that's the hardest part. And for me personally, for me being a big guy, the hard part, because if you're a small guy, if you're, you can push stuff and be like, because you're, you're, people don't expect you to have large size because you're a smaller guy. So me being a big guy, sometimes when you go in and you start looking at material, once you get past 3X and 4X, it turns into a, like, it, it's a crazy situation. So it's so hard to get those bigger sizes. And I get guys all the time, but hey, well, where are the big size? I'm like, I'm working, I'm trying to get them. I just, it's just so hard. But from that standpoint, just understanding what you want to offer to people. For me personally, that's been the hardest part, just trying to find stuff that I would rock, that I want people to rock too. So I, for me personally, it's been fun. You know, I, I have I have learned everything. You know, a lot of times, you know how this, how this, how this thing work local where you're doing something then you get someone that's going to do it for you then now they're taking over so now you're sitting like well what do i want to do so now i have learned i think the number one thing i would tell people learn the business learn everything how the money work how everything works so now when you need something done you get it done yourself and not have to be calling up calling two or three people to be like hey can you get this done i think that's been the hardest part for me because yeah i put I put the way we play the game of football. I tell people all the time as players, we have to be multitaskers all the time because you might get to the line of scrimmage and it might be, okay, we're running this play. Oh, no, they're in the wrong defense. So now you're thinking all the time. So yep. the hard, that's the hard, that's been the hardest part for me after the game is not being able to not figure out the situation, what's going to happen. You know, like sometimes if somebody, if, 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 if your wife come in and tell you something about your kids or something that's going on with your kids, as a, you think it to yourself, you're like, okay, I can't take this as a player. I'm thinking, okay, if I say this, this is what he's going to say. If I say this, this is what he's going to say. So I have to get away from that part of the game where you're thinking like you're trying to figure out what's going to happen before it happens. Mm-hmm. Right uh, if people want to check out the gear, obviously, and they should, I want to get some. Where do we go? Uh, go to my website. It's uh, www.d2edi.com. Uh, check out my website. I got hoodies. I got hats. I got T-shirts. Uh, and I'm working on a spring drop. Hopefully, uh, Memorial Day weekend, I'm dropping a dope uh, spring uh, launch here. So hopefully, this is going to be something different and, and bigger and better for everybody. So it's been fun, man. I can't wait to see how how people respond to the new stuff. The stuff is awesome. I mean, Lofa's wearing it right there. If you guys want to check yep. it out, it's B, the number two, E-D-I.com. Best to ever do it. Dot com. That's yep. Walt's brand. I still, Check it out. I still have a request, Walt. I need, I need like a third or fourth grade Walter Jones school picture and baby goat over the top. 
or, or B2 EDI. I got you, man. I, I like it, man. I got the you. baby I sh- goat. I love it. I shot that on uh, on on the Instagram. Yeah, and, I saw that. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. said, we'll see. And I was like, okay. We'll see. We'll see. I'll make my own if I have to. I know. I have to find a picture, man. You know, my mom, I, you know, I think I want, I've seen only one baby picture. I want, you yeah, little Walt in like a mock turtleneck. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can picture it right now. Oh, you can get one. I think the only one I have is my sister's holding me the whole time. I didn't start walking until I was two years old. So so and my I, sisters spoiled me to death. So I didn't walk till I was like two and a half. Well, so. Why is that? Because they didn't want me to walk, man. They thought I was a little chunky baby, so they wanted to just walk around with me all the time, man. So <laughs> I, you had to realize I grew up with all my sisters. All my brother was much older than me, so I grew up with all my sisters. So my sisters kind of like babied me for – they still baby me to this day. So <laughs> you're like, hold up, I just paid your light bill last week. What are you talking about? They're like, oh, he's still the baby. I'm like, hold up, did you just call me last week for some money? So I have to call him out on that all the time. Lofa's brand is zone in. And something we like to do here on the show is zone in to certain things from time to time because of zone in CBD. So, Walt, let's zone in on your favorite play from your time as a Seahawk. I know that's probably impossible, but what kind of comes to mind when you think of just, I mean, all of the iconic plays that you had, but what's one that stands out for you? Uh, 93 Blast, uh, that was our bread and butter. We ran that all the time, no matter how bad things got, we ran 93 Blast. I think everybody know that play. Tackle block, guard block, uh, uh, fullback come up and take the linebacker or take anybody in the hole. So I think that, that was our bread and butter. But, you know, uh, uh, I like, uh, what, what uh, sprint rights, you know, cause that's kind of like you can take up. That's, that's dope. I call those, uh, uh, takeoff plays. You get a play off? Those, <laughs> I can t- I can tell people this now. I tell people all the time. You have to once you get once you start playing, you play a long time. You learn plays that you can take off. I think coaches understand that, but you can't tell a you can't tell a young guy that. But you know you know when you know you know like in practice, you know when there's what drills that you can you know. And and that's not saying you don't hustle, you don't practice. You know, praise and practice what drill that okay. This drill don't this. I didn't You're think practicing smart, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, it's practice smart. So, I think for me personally, but 93 blast was all bread and butter. We, 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 uh, we had it all kinds of ways. If if we ran it outside and we had to reach the guy that's still you run it to the left, we're just going to run a little wider. You know, I think the number one play, I think everybody know the play in the NFC championship, game. Carolina, think, yeah, Carolina. That was a that was a 95, that's called 95. 95. Flip. Yeah. 95 flip, and that, that that was a hard block for me because I was the only one I had to get that defense in. And back then, defense in was getting like three yards, four yards out there. And Coach Holmes was like, you got to get them. I'm like, how do I want that, man? I had to convince them that I got to give ground. And, you know, I was able to yeah. get the block. I was able to get the block, but it was like you had to give ground a little bit, and then you have to try to fight to get to his outside shoulder. And that's that's, that's, that's hard. Jumping. That's very hard, man. That- and to get the chance to dump him on his head in that game was it- pretty amazing. <laughs> and we're talking, it was at like the 20 yard line. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it was like a third and one or what, third and short, but we ran it that way. And I'm not going to say his name, but the poor guy, <laughs> he like at one point, I think he just tried to fall and Walt just grabbed him, like, no, you're not oh, going down. You're yet. not going anywhere. <laughs> you know going. what happened? I had, I, when I got into him, I had my helmet like in his, like yes. in his side of his. And I had him, I know, you know, you, I, you, you, you don't ever play offensive lineman, but you know, as a defensive guy, you know, you go to keep yourself down. But you know when a guy gets you and he gets you in your plate oh, and you're like, there's, there's no, you can't go anywhere. You're going, for, you're going for the ride. You're like, I'm done. I can't do nothing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he, like, tried to just, like, give up. And, like, you were like, no. 
And so 18, 20 yards later, like in yeah, damn near in the end zone, it was like, hey, here you go. Now you can go down, little fella. What was and, and the cool the cool thing about it is like for you, like, you know, for you personally, be like, if you're a linebacker and you're trying to figure out, man, why is this guy getting up on me? And like, you yeah. look down, you look down on your feet and your defensive tackle is right there by your feet. Oh, I see why. Yeah. You get dumped on your head. So those are the things that you look forward to in the game. You don't get them often, but when you do, you take total advantage of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, and this just goes right back to that first play, my first encounter with Walt. Luckily, he didn't put the helmet on my chest and just throw <laughs> me. But it was uh, my rookie defensive end got knocked down, like full lap back. I was like, whoa, where'd he come from? So I'm avoiding him, jumping over him. And then I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Walter Jones. Now he's coming yeah. from me. So, yeah. yeah. And so, like, it's just like you don't expect your guy to be like, like, like Walt saying, at your feet. Uh, yeah. that's that's part of like he should be disrupting the play uh that's the seahawks podcast for this episode everyone thanks for listening and checking it out we'll be back uh next week with brand new episodes if you got thoughts questions comments you can email us anytime seahawks pod at gmail.com that's seahawks pod p-o-d at gmail.com check out walt's brand uh best to ever do it be the number two edi.com is where you go for all the gear Lofa's company, Zone In CBD, is available at zoneincbd.com. Walt, every episode, Lofa and I break it down. When we have a guest, we'd like you to do the honors. Would you like to break us down on this episode, please? Hey, best ever do it on three. One, two, three. Best, best ever, ever do, do it. it. I know that's I know that's hard, guys. Chalupa. <laughs> oh. Chalupa. <laughs> oh, amazing. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.